Good morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I am uh, recording once again on Sunday morning, real time almost. Sitting in my front yard, drinking a beautiful cup of coffee and uh, looking at my grass that needs mowed. Going in full dad mode right now. I've got grass in front of me that needs mowed. I turn, look over my left shoulder into the flower garden and see a garden that needs weeded. And uh, just before I walked up here into the front yard, I visited my vegetable garden in the back and who uh, it needs weeded. So, can never look away in the summer, can you? Uh, it's not summer. Do you wanna, I do want to stress that. Not technically summer yet. I'm one of those people who likes to follow the seasons exactly. I think first day of summer is either June 22nd, June 23rd, something like that. But uh, nonetheless, this time of year, rain, sun, rain, sun. Great for flowers, great for veggie gardens. But, man, you got to stay on those weeds. So I am off today, actually, to Cuca Arts Festival in Penyan. That's where I spent yesterday as well. Hopefully I get home later and get a chance to mow this lawn. Otherwise, I'm going to be the neighbor who really needs to mow his lawn. Sorry, you can tell it's bothering me. Cuca Arts Festival was great, by the way. Cuca, see, here's the thing. Of all the uh, the events that we do, I think in 20... Let me think about the history of my Google Animal Sauce business. 2014, we did two events. We did the Riesling Festival in Canandaigua, which no longer exists, and we did the Naples Grape Festival. Um, so Naples is the one, the longest-running festival for us that we've done. 2015, we did maybe five or six events, I think, and then in 2016 on, we really jammed the calendar full of events. Uh, you know, we were doing demos really throughout most of 2015 in grocery stores and whatnot, but in 2016 is really when I started just – going around asking other vendors, finding arts festivals, really have found a ton of luck at arts festivals. I don't like to give this away that often, but I really think doing the arts festivals and standing there for an entire weekend and having, you know, one to two minute conversations with customers has been a huge thing for us over the years. Really has just helped us build a brand. Really, really big. And in 2016, 17, 18, 19, we did well over 20 events every year and this year um uh, so 2020 then of course there were no events 2021 about half of them came back maybe and we did most of them this is really the first year where we're back to what would be considered a full event schedule for Amo sauce and i took what we did in 2019 kind of put them on a list i want to say there was maybe 26 events and i took them and i cut the bottom four I think I maybe picked four to no I think there were 24 events because I'm pretty sure we signed up for 20 so I cut four events out of the 24 and this one this Cuca Arts Festival is the one that was kind of on the bubble this is the one that just made it as far as oh I should probably mention the obvious in case you didn't figure it out I ranked them in order of how did we do right how much money did we make and this was number 20 out of the 24, and I cut 21 through 24. So in other words, this this is kind of the the, the one that just made it. And uh, in a way, it's nice because um, it's not quite as busy as the bigger festivals. It's a beautiful festival. I mean, if you've never been down there, it's Penyan. It's along the, the – it's, it's, it's got some name, but it's the trail. Basically, it's along the river that runs through town there. And uh, it's uh, broken up into like three sections. So you park at this festival, you get out, you're at this little festival grounds, and then there's a trail you follow where you walk, you kind of go over a hill into some woods, come out the woods, and then you're into a you're into a uh, another little area 
where there's some artists and then you go over the water take a left walk under a bridge and then you find another little area with some artists so it's it's really unique and cute in that way uh, but it's not quite as well attended as the others which is really the answer as to why why you don't make quite as much money down there just not quite as well attended but there is one advantage to it and that is it's one of the few events to which I will bring a chair because I know I'm going to get some time to sit down at this event and uh kind of relaxing right you're sitting out there we're on the water talking to people here and there but you also get some gaps of five ten minutes where you're not really busy and it's kind of relaxing so i'm hoping to get home tonight from this festival and mow the hell out of my lawn that was my way of getting around. <laughs> this has all been my dad guilt for the last five minutes just explaining don't worry i'm gonna mow my lawn Oh, stuff to talk about today. I really wanted to make an announcement today. Now, I will make it 100% make this announcement next week. Um, but apparently, the uh, person in charge of making the announcement, who is my wife, wants it to be done tomorrow, which is Monday. So I would say keep an eye on social media tomorrow, because I will certainly share her status when she does. Uh, for one. For two, I need to absolutely preface that this is a professional announcement, not a personal announcement, okay? Not a personal announcement, because all I'm going to get all day now is, she pregnant? No. It is not that kind of an announcement. It's a professional announcement. And I don't know what time she's planning on doing it tomorrow, but I'm thinking as soon as she does, I'll share it, so follow me on social for that. Uh, and I have asked her to be my guest on the podcast, and because of the nature of this announcement, she has essentially had to say yes. So, the person I never thought in a million years I would ever get to go on this podcast with me has agreed to go on this podcast with me next Sunday. My wife should be our guest next Sunday. Uh, she's hard to wrangle. It's hard to, get, it's hard to get her to sit down for 45 straight minutes and record an interview with me, but we're going to try. We think we can get it done at some point this week. So, yes. Big announcement coming. Wish I could make it right now. I'll give you a hint. How about this? I'll give you a hint. Because I don't like the fact that I can't make it right now. I'll give you a hint. The hint is it will fit on this podcast. The theme of this podcast. What's the theme? Who do I, who do I interview on this podcast? It's going to fit the theme of who I usually interview on this podcast. The type of person. Ah, sorry, drinking coffee. All right, let me get in my list of topics. I haven't even started. I feel like I haven't even started the podcast yet. What are we, seven minutes in? I haven't even looked at my list of shit to talk about yet. Here we go. I have a few things. I have a story about being a terrible father. <laughs> Maybe we should start there because I want to temper that back. Uh, I, have a, I have to bitch and complain about RG&E. And also, oh, I want to talk about Jurassic Park too. Okay, so let's start with me being a terrible father. I had maybe the worst snafu as a dad so far that I've had. It, it, it all happened within five seconds. It was daddy-son night this week. There was one night where my wife uh, had to go to the PRISM Awards for work, which is the uh, the, the awards for like uh, public relations work in Rochester. And so it was just me and my son, which we love, Daddy Sunday. We call it Boys Night. And uh, I know, I, I kind of, I do the reverse bribe. You know how a lot of parents will say, hey, you know, if you're good all day, I'll, I'll buy you a toy at the end of the day or something, or we'll get ice cream at the end of the day. I did the reverse bribe. What I do is I take him to get the toy first, 
And that just sets him into a good mood for the rest of the day. And it usually carries through. So we went straight to Target as soon as mommy left. We were like, boom, Target. We go in Target. He picks out a toy. He's happy. We walk back out to the car. And he says, can I open it in the car? And I'm like, yeah, because mommy usually doesn't let him. Mommy's usually like, we'll open it when we get home. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. We are definitely going to open this in the car. So open up my car. I drive an SUV. I drive a Chevy Tahoe. So I get him up into his car seat. Open up the car. Uh, he had bought like a, the, the toy he chose out was like an old-fashioned blue car or something. Uh, kind of like an, a big one, though. Not like a little matchbox car. It was sort of like big, you know, maybe like the size of like an adult hand, right? My hand is probably the size. So anyway, so... I give him the car. He shows me how it works, right? He's like, oh, daddy, look, look. And he's vroom, vroom. And he's like showing me how fast it goes. And I'm standing there, you know, next to basically standing outside my car, watching him sitting in his car seat, playing with it. He's the happiest little man in the world. And I am just, my little heart just cannot get enough of watching how happy he is. I am just so excited. So I, I shut the door. I walk around. I get in the driver's seat. And I look back at him right before I get ready to drive away. And I say, all right, buddy, we're going. And we ended up going to Sticky Lips for dinner. So I said, all right. Because, by the way, Sticky Lips has it figured out. Sticky Lips has what I call the the uh, the dad section. They call it Texas style. What it is is you can go to Sticky Lips and you can sit down and you can eat with a server like a traditional restaurant. Or they have a little section where you can walk up to the counter, order your food, and then go sit. And they'll bring it to you. And it's almost like fast food i mean really they bring you your food within like five minutes and that's perfect for you know guy with a three-year-old coming in to eat real quick because what i did is i i barricaded him without him realizing <laughs> i took him we went in and i i set all these like we, i got a corner table and then i took a bunch of chairs and kind of created a barricade out of them so he couldn't just get up and run away and i told him that the tra the the chairs were a racetrack for him to use with his new car see mm -hmm. clever anyway Backing up. We're at Target parking lot. I get into the car. I look back. I'm like, all right, buddy, time to go to Sticky Lips. He looks at me and he says, Daddy, buckle, buckle me. And I realize I forgot to buckle him into his car seat. <gasps> I immediately react by saying, oh, shit. To which he does what? What does a three-year-old do when they hear, oh, shit? Because right after I said, oh, shit, I go, oh, you know, caught myself. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> so what do you think he did? He looked right back at me, and he goes, oh, shit. <laughs> so within 10 seconds, I almost drove away without buckling my toddler into his car seat and taught him the word shit. Double daddy snafu, man. Double daddy snafu. So anyway, we go to Sticky Lips. Uh, that goes well, generally well, though. You know if you eat with a toddler, though, you've got minutes to eat. So I ordered some ribs and a couple of sides, and I had a – I mean, if we're on security camera from our trip to Sticky Lips, it's embarrassing because I sat there and I woofed that food down so freaking fast. Reminded me of being in radio, honestly, because back in radio days, we would have to eat in the commercial breaks. And the commercial breaks might be seven, eight minutes long, and I had to get a whole meal eaten in like six minutes sometimes if I was hungry. This was like that. This was like our food came. I put it in front of him. He'll eat in literally like three or four minutes. And I just knew for a fact. I was like, okay, three, four minutes I have while he's eating. That's how much time I have to eat. Because as soon as he's done eating, he's going to be ready to go. So I just woofed my freaking food. Left Sticky Lips. 
And listen to this. This is me. This is me. I'm just straight up bribing, buttering up, and doing everything I can to be loved at this point. I look at this little guy. I go, hey, Leo. Want to go Dairy Queen? (laughs) Now, let me explain for just two seconds why Dairy Queen. Hold on. I will explain. I understand I am generally anti-chain guy, but there is a very good explanation for Dairy Queen. First of all, we are a Pittsburgh dairy family. When we want ice cream, we go to Pittsburgh dairy about 90% of the time, and we go to Abbott's about 10% of the time. We go to Abbott's a couple times a year, but we're really a Pittsburgh dairy family, okay? Here's where Dairy Queen comes into play. I grew up in Conneaut, Ohio, small town. We had two fast food restaurants in my town, McDonald's and Dairy Queen. So growing up, Dairy Queen was my ice cream place. Birthdays my whole life, Dairy Queen ice cream cake, right? So I grew up with Dairy Queen. It has a special place in my heart. I know that it's a chain. I do prefer Pittsburgh Dairy and Abbott's over it. Love to support local. But there's a a tiny bit of my heart that just kind of has some appreciation for Dairy Queen. So I thought, you know what? I'm never going to get the chance to take him to Dairy Queen because anytime we go out for ice cream as a family, it's always going to be Pittsburgh Dairy or Abbott's. So I'm going to take him through Dairy Queen. So we go through Dairy Queen and we get the Blizzard. If you don't know the Blizzard, that's what they're famous for. And uh, go home. And I tell him, what do you want to do when we get home? Literally, like, I am I am being either the best or the worst father because I'm literally just doing anything he wants. I just want this dude to be happy. I, you'll see what I mean. When you have a kid, like, you just want to do anything to make them happy. So, like, what do you want to do when we get home? He's like, I want to play with my car and watch Blaze and the Monster Machines. So he wants to watch a TV show. And I say, you know what, dude? That sounds perfect. So we go home, play with the car, turn on Blaze and the Monster Machines, and we down our freaking blizzards. And it was a hit, huge hit, but, but still had that little fail at Target that I'm hard to get over. By the way, between you and I, wife doesn't exactly know about what happened in the Target parking lot, okay? (laughs) So (laughs) maybe we'll start next week's interview by asking her if this somehow got back to her. Oh, man. Um... What else did I want to talk about? I, I don't get excited to go to the movies that often, but I am a Jurassic Park fan. I mean, it brings me back to that 1990, was it 1993 Jurassic Park came out? Brings me back to 1993, you know, being 10 years old, going to the movies to see Jurassic Park. I think Jurassic Park was rated PG-13 or something. So I was, what year did, hold on, let me make sure I'm getting the date right here. Jurassic Park, I'm going to Google this real quick. Came out in... Oh, man. When did Jurassic Park come out? 1993. I had it, yeah. So I'm 10 years old. I go see Jurassic Park. I, I, this is, you're going to think I'm lying. I swear on my life. I have a memory of going to see Jurassic Park. A real honest-to-God memory. That's how into it I was. Because it was a PG-13 movie. I was 10. My parents took me to see it. So it was like cutting edge for me, right? The fact that I was going to see some cursing and some violence was something. At that point, I wasn't really allowed to see yet. But they took me to see it. And I just remember the drive home. I literally remember driving home from Jurassic Park and just being in awe of what I had just seen. I was so into that movie. Um, 
And then Jurassic Park 2 and 3 came out, and I know that they really got worse as they went, but I was still kind of, you know, I've seen them all. Then a bunch of years went by, and now they've been doing the Jurassic World thing. I've seen both movies so far. I think this is the third in the Jurassic World trilogy. I watched both of the other ones, and, you know, they were fine. Nothing wrong with them. Not quite the same magic as that first one. But this one, the final one, final one in this latest trilogy, bringing back the original cast. (laughs) This one. This has me giddy. This one has me really excited, and I am absolutely going to the movies at some point in the very near future to see this. My problem is, if I'm going to go to the movies, it has to be at like 3 o'clock on a weekday because there's really just no time. But I am absolutely going to the movies. Oh, I cannot wait to go to the movies. I might, You know when I might go to the movies, actually? I take that back. You know when I'm going to the movies? You know when I'm going to the fucking movies? I'm going one week from today because you know what one week from today is? Father's Day. Actually, wait a second. This is perfect timing. Googs, come here. Googs, here. You want to say hi real quick? Hi. What's going on, Leo? What's I'm new? I, I'm tackling you. Oh, he's tickling me. Oh, no. Hey, Leo, can you come here real quick and tell the people what we did the other night? And if you had fun? No, oh, he's on to something else, I think. Um... My wife and uh, son just walked outside, in case you didn't pick up on that. And I was just in the middle of under of figuring out what I want for Father's Day, Ryan. I want to go see Jurassic Park. I'll go alone. You don't have to come with me. <laughs> I'll go alone. Okay, she's just making a face. I think that means it's allowed, but that she thinks it's like a stupid thing to ask for. Is that what that face is? Now she's just kind of smirking. Yeah, next week is Father's Day. I want to go see Jurassic Park. What? Yeah, but I'll go, hold on, I'll go at some point when it's not going to interfere, maybe I'll go next Sunday uh, during nap time, how about that, because Leo takes a nap between like one and four, anyway, having the original cast back really gets me into it, like I just, I feel like it's the, the sixth of a sixth part series, which it is, but it's the first time we've had the original cast back in its entirety since the original movie, so I'm in, I'm in, can't wait. Uh, One other topic I wanted to get to is uh, a little more controversial, because right now it's blowing up my Twitter with anger, is uh, RG&E. So I got a bill on Friday. Yes, it was just Friday, just two days ago. I got a bill on Friday at work for $2,200 from RG&E. Now, in case you're wondering what the normal bill is, our normal bill is $120. (laughs) So, you can imagine when I saw it, literally the only thought I had was, now I got to call RG&E because they made this mistake. I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me for a second what it would turn out to be, and that is that it's real. It's real. It's 100% legit. I call, and the woman explains to me, she said, yeah, for, for two years, we just didn't do meter readings during the pandemic, and so if you had any type of, you know, change in usage, uh, it could really affect things because for two years we never adjusted your estimate. Uh, and I, and I was upset, but I was respectful because, you know, again, I, I, I get it. Like she's not, she doesn't deserve my anger, right? She's just a customer service rep for RG and E. So I just respectfully said to her, I said, I think this is a terrible way to do this. You, you can't just drop a, but I think I did the math. I think it was a 1,260% increase. 
<laughs> of our previous bill. And I, I told her, I go, you can't just, like, drop this on people. You can't. You know what I mean? Like, you can't do this. You can't just go, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, we're going to need to catch you up all at once here. And here's your bill for $2,000 more than you thought it was going to be for. And she said, you know, we know. And here's how we've what we've come up with is we've come up with that we'll send you to our credit department. Our credit department will split this bill over the course of the next 12 or 24 or 36 months or whatever you want to negotiate with them. Uh, and you can pay it a little bit at a time. We'll take this one bill. We'll kind of we'll, we'll kind of split it into you know twenty four parts, and then you pay it in twenty four parts on top of your monthly bill going forward. And I thought, to be honest with you, that that was relatively fair. I just thought there should have been more pre communication, to which we found out there was, and it was done through the media. So, and I don't really watch the news. So um, apparently, you know, all, and I did, I Googled it, it's true. All the different news channels had done stories on, hey, watch out, you know, you're going to get this crazy RG&E bill, and here's what you should do about it. So that kind of sucked till I got home, saw an RG&E bill on my desk at home, and thought, what are the chances it's the same shit here? And I opened it up, and sure enough, $600 bill. <laughs> <laughs> which again for normal I think at home for me was maybe like $88 that one I'm not too sure that seems a little low actually but it was it was um oh no actually no no I know exactly what it was cuz I figured out the percentage normal bill for me at home was like 200 bucks so this was a what a 300% increase so a $600 bill instead of 200 so you know same deal I'm sure I didn't even call about that one um eh, I mean I don't know I don't know what the plan is. I mean, certainly my business finances are not something I want to air, but it's not a problem trying to pay that bill, is what I should say, but it's it's more about, what do they say? What do people always say when they're being dicks? It's about the principle. It's more about the principle. It's, I, I do think they made a, a PR mistake, I think, by sending those bills out. I think I get it that they say, hey, we went to the media, we made some statements, we did what we could. Well, listen, you have my address, right? You send me a bill every month. Why couldn't you use that same address to send me a letter that said, we just want to give you a heads up on something? A. B, why didn't you proactively split that bill up? Why didn't you proactively say, you're supposed to be getting a $600 bill this month, or you're supposed to be getting a $2,200 bill this month. What we're going to do is we're going to split that over 12 and just raise your monthly to X amount. Your new estimate is X plus your, your you know, this $2,200 split into 12. So, you know, whatever. I don't know why they didn't do it that way. That seems like a poor decision to me by RG&E. But RG&E has, from what I can tell, essentially a monopoly in this town. I I think there are options. I think you can go solar. Solar is it has a barrier to entry though that it's a little expensive, pain in the ass. But I, solar I guess makes more sense. Although I guess that's also been an issue because we're in Brighton and we signed up for that solar thing that Brighton was doing not too long ago, and that turned out to be a nightmare because that ended up getting us a whole bunch more money on our bill. Ugh, it's just a whole thing. Anyway, that's it. That's all.
So coming up next couple of podcasts, um, we have uh, hopefully my wife next Sunday. If we don't have my wife next Sunday, that might be a sign I need to give this shit up. Because if I can't even wrangle my wife into an interview when she's going to be, you know, making an announcement this week, then I don't know what I can accomplish. Because that's bad. (laughs) But I also don't put it past her to just tell me, I don't feel like it. I'm not doing it. But hopefully she'll do it. So my wife, another thing I wanted to tell you, here's another interview I have coming up. This one could still be several weeks, even a month or two away. But um, at Fairport Canal Days last Sunday, I'm standing there selling sauce, and this couple comes up to my booth. And uh, I, I look at them for just a second, and the, the girl looks familiar to me. And I immediately place her. I go, I know her. And her name's Emily King. And she is a uh, famous TikToker. She's got a couple million followers. And she's from Rochester. And I remember because she does she does relationship advice, but she kind of does a lot of, like, taking the man's aside in relationship advice or at least explaining the man's point of view in uh, common sort of relationship disagreements. And so she caught my attention because I was like, hell yeah, when I first saw her. Um, and I do remember at one point, thinking I had seen something about her post that made me think she was like local to Rochester and clicking on her profile and it said Webster, New York. And I go, holy shit, this girl's local. And then I followed her and I was like, yeah, I gotta, you know, I'm going to support a Rochester. If I see a Rochester person doing what she's doing, getting this big following, like I'm going to follow her. I mean, there's a couple other Rochesters, like Chaz Bruce, if you don't know. He's got a bunch of followers on TikTok too. He's doing really got good job. And there's there's a you know there's a handful of people who have kind of blown up on social media out of Rochester, and Emily's one of them. And so when I saw she was from Webster, I followed her, and then I you know I want to say that was probably several months ago. So her stuff always comes across anytime I go on TikTok. I think her content is great, and there she was in front of me at Fairport Canal Days. So I'm not shy. You know, I immediately said, I go, oh, yeah, hey, I recognize you. You know, and she smiled, and I told her congratulations I think it's really cool you know etc etc and then I got a picture with her and then I asked her would you do my podcast actually no I I should say I asked her would you do my podcast in an email like two days later Uh, I I did I guess a little cyber stalking well she's got her email posted on her profile what do you want me to do and uh, she said yes Um, said probably a couple weeks out though because she's got uh, kids summer summer schedule figuring things out uh, with her baby daddy, but uh, yeah, long story short, looks like hopefully within the next two, three, four weeks, we'll get Emily King, viral superstar, on uh, the podcast. So my wife, Emily King, coming up in the next few weeks. Thanks so much for listening.